You're listening to The Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwall, United States Marine Corps retired standing guard on the wall of freedom. President Joe Biden is using the school lunch program to push his radical left-wing agenda. He believes that biological boys should share the same bathrooms and showers as biological girls. He also thinks that boys should be allowed to compete on girls' sports teams. So he's threatening to use the national school lunch program to bully states into falling in line. And if we don't, he's going to take food off of our kids' plates. With all the problems that are facing America today, from the border to crime to inflation and gas prices, President Biden should be focusing on solutions for those problems. I have a message for President Biden. If you do this, if you take food away from our children, literally off their plates, unless we allow boys to compete in girls' sports in South Dakota, I will immediately file suit to protect our kids. We've beaten you in court before, and we'll do it again. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Gunny, hoping you're having a wonderful weekend. We're going to talk about a couple of things, specifically executive orders and taxation according to the Constitution of the United States. Specifically, what is the federal government's responsibility on taxation? Christy Nome, which you just heard in the introduction, is fighting back on this administration's conceptual idea that through an executive order they can change Title IX of America. Just by having an executive order. It doesn't work that way. The federal government doesn't work that way. But if you have tyrants that are in power, then this is what they do. So this is from The Blaze. Biden admin ties funds for school lunches to compliance with transgender mandates. Again, this is a tyrant using executive orders to circumvent the actual government process of changing what people in Congress have voted on. The president does not have the right to do that. He does not have a legal authority to change the law that Congress has voted on without going back to Congress to revisit the law. And then Congress can change that law. They make the laws, not executive orders. 
So President Joe Biden's administration has moved forward with a new interpretation of Title IX, anti-discrimination laws that could potentially strip federal funding from schools, specifically the lunches that feed our kids, that do not let transgender students use their preferred bathrooms or play or preferred sports teams. As a result, state and local agencies program operators and sponsors that receive funds from the FNS must investigate allegations of discrimination based on gender identity or sexual orientation. This is from his executive order. The USDA, what in the world does the USDA got to do with this? Because they're in charge of food, and that's why these people are involved, said in a May 5 statement, first reported by Center Square, those organizations must also update their non-discrimination policies and signatures to include prohibition against discrimination based on gender identity and sexual orientation. That is not in the law. The law of Title IX says sex, not identity, not orientation, none of that. But this is how these absolute corruptive Democrats operate. And they've been doing it for years in this country, and I'm going to prove it to you. So what is an executive order? Why does it exist? You can go to the History Channel on the show notes and read more about it. But an executive order is an official directive from the U.S. president to federal agencies. That's important to understand. That often have much the same power of a law. Federal agencies not state agencies. The Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights launched comprehensive review of a Title IX regulation to fulfill President Biden's executive order guaranteed an educational environment free from sex discrimination. And, of course, most of us know Sex is a man or a woman. That's what sex means. Your ability to produce either as a woman or a man. Not identity, not orientation, what you think you are, but what you actually are. That's what Title IX is all about. And you can go look it up on the government website ed.gov these people are insane and because the department of education which by the way 
is not in the Constitution. They're absorbing and trying to change what sex means in the environment. And now the administration is trying to force the states to agree with that executive order. And if they don't, then they lose federal funding. Sounds good to me. I'm going to explain to you why it should. Now, can a state do, they have the ability to actually nullify federal law? Some, but not all. And you can go to Cato Institute, and this is an article by Robert A. Levy. In a nutshell, number one, state officials need not enforce federal laws that the state has determined to be unconstitutional, nor may Congress mandate that states enact specific laws. Number two, states may not block federal authorities who attempt to enforce federal laws unless a court has held that the law is unconstitutional. That's important. Number three, individuals not exempt from prosecution by the federal government just because the state where they reside has legalized an activity or pronounced that a federal law is unconstitutional. If convicted, individuals can attempt to vindicate their constitutional rights in court. So it's all about laws, executive orders, and the states fighting that. Fighting the federal government when it becomes unconstitutional. And by the way, there's at least 27 state-initiated lawsuits against the federal government because of these unconstitutional laws, executive orders that we're dealing with. So if a state deems a federal law to be unconstitutional, what's the proper remedy? The answer is straightforward. Because the Supreme Court is the ultimate authority over the land, the remedy is a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of the suspect federal regulation or statute. That's why we have the Supreme Court to overturn this crap. In the meantime, in the meantime, if an executive order comes out or a law comes out through Congress that the states feel is unconstitutional, they do not have to act on it. As long as they put a lawsuit into the Supreme Court disagreeing with what this unbelievable, out-of-control government is doing to this country. So it's important to understand that. The states have the ability 
all the states have the ability to push back on the government. And I'm going to give you an idea, which I think is legitimate, on how the states should be pushing back on the federal government and get their power back. It is, in my mind, a fiscal civil war. The states must start using fiscal dollars to fight against the federal government and not provide them the money for all of this crap and these departments that they have created. Because every, virtually every one of them, other than like the armies, etc., or unconstitutional. So we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution that gives the federal government, quote, power to levy taxes. But it's a lot more than that. We're going to talk about the 16th Amendment that was established for federal income tax. And it's going to blow your mind. I guarantee you, if you don't do research and understand history and what's going on, then you don't understand why we are in the situation that we are. It's not because it happened overnight. It has happened over a hundred years. And now we're seeing the replications of the power of this federal government in America, which is absolutely out of control. We'll be right back. Oh, we're going to do our taxes and we're going to do them right. Because the IRS is coming and they're brimming for a fight. Oh, we're going to do our taxes and I think we'd all agree that doing our taxes yearly is what keeps us safe and free. You're a suck up, huh? Preston. <laughs> oh, they're going to do their taxes, but I think I'm going to pass. The taxman can just take this form and shove it up his ass. <laughs> Hey kids, let's take a look at how wisely the government spends our money! Alright, all together now! Oh, we're gonna do our taxes even though we'd rather not! If you don't, the government is going to audit you, and they're going to raid your records, and every aspect of your life is going to be put under a microscope by a poorly paid bureaucrat with nothing to lose. Every secret you've ever had, every lie you've ever told, every nefarious affair you found yourself in is going to be ripped from the depths and exposed for all to see. Your friends and your family will turn their backs in shame as they see you debased by the system they so thoroughly support with their taxable income. And when that happens, oh, when that happens, there really is only one thing left in store. They'll lock you up to rot. Oh, we're gonna do our taxes even though it makes us yell. But we've got to do them anyway, so I guess we might as well. 
Now that we're talking about taxes, let's talk about Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution. And this is exactly what it says. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imports, and exercises to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imports, and exercises shall be uniform throughout the United States. And this is where Congress has a loophole. Article 1 specifically talking about the general welfare. That is the big question. And that's why we have all of these departments that have been created by the federal government. Because they think that the general welfare of the American citizens in the states is their responsibility. No, it's not. Read Article 1, Section 8, and tell me where it says that the federal government has the right to stand up any department whatsoever outside of their constitutional responsibility to take care of the general welfare of America. Nowhere in Article 1, Section 8, does it say create the education system, create the FDA, create the IRS, create this. It does not exist. It has been made up since 1908, which, by the way, is the beginning time frame of the 16th Amendment to the Constitution. And the 16th Amendment was passed so the federal government can levy income tax on every citizen in America. To do what? Supposedly to provide for the common defense, but also the general welfare. But what the founding fathers actually meant was the protection of America and their citizens, not determining how we live our lives or controlling everything that we do. So the 16th Amendment in 1908, the Democrat Party included a proposal for a graduated income tax in its 1908 presidential election campaign platform, viewing it as a tax mainly on the wealthy. We've heard that before, right? The majority of Americans supported enacting of the income tax because of the wealthy in 1908. This is the beginning of the industrial age. The big all tycoons, etc. And this is part of why this 16th Amendment passed. 
1909, President William Howard Taft responded by asking Congress to enact a 2% tax on the profit of large corporations. See how this works? They nickel and dime Americans until they get to you. Expanding on tariffs idea, Congress got to work on the 16th Amendment. In October 3rd, of 1913, President Woodrow Wilson, in my mind, is the worst president we ever had, even worse than Biden. He is a Democrat in 1913 that started this large federal government responsibility. He made the federal income tax a large part of the American life by signing the Revenue Act of 1913 into law. And that's what the 16th Amendment was. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without apportionment among the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. What that means is now the federal government can levy all taxes on any citizen in the states. And it's constitutional because it is an amendment to the Constitution. So the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes, on any income. So they went from taxing the rich, taxing the big businesses, to taxing everyone. Congress has the authority to asset and collect a portion of the money earned by people in the United States. This is all part of this 16th Amendment. This is when it started. And by the way, the country was poor. Lots of poor people. But you know what? They don't care. They were building and trying to build and successfully built an empire. An empire of full control of the federal government through taxes. And the states and the people in it through taxes to build the federal government into what it is today. So let's talk about this. For whatever source derived, no matter where or how the money is earned, it can be taxed as long it is legally defined as income according to the Federal Tax Code, which, again, part of the 16th Amendment, created this massive income tax to the federal government. Without apportionment among several states, 
So the federal government is not required to share any of the revenue collected through income tax with the states. This is what they voted in in 1913. Now, today, the federal government is kind to the states. They have the ability to give money back to the states, to fund roads, education, all that stuff. So in a lot of people's minds, that's a good thing. Because at least I pay my taxes and the federal government gives some of it back to the states. (laughs) Not a lot. And that I know for a fact. If you think the federal government pays money back to the states, you're wrong. What they have done is taking your tax money and controlling the entities, the education system, agriculture, all that stuff in your state. And the state has no ability, at least at this point, to change what the federal government provides to them and guess what if the state does not agree with what the federal government is doing they take the money away which is exactly what is happening with this executive order with the education system so they're boxing the states into a corner where they must rely on the federal government taxes that they have collected from the people. So I'll give you an example. How much money does the states pay to the federal government? When I talk about the states, I'm talking about the state government. The people in the state, how much money do we as citizens in a state Pay the federal government. And you can go to Wikipedia and just search for federal tax revenue by state. But I'm going to give you one example. In 2019, the state of Alabama, the citizens of Alabama, paid $26 billion in federal taxes to the federal government. So that just gives you an idea of the power, fiscal-wise, that the federal government has. But I think there's a solution to this. I've said this multiple times. We need a fiscal civil war. When the government says, you must do this, you must allow transgender you know, sex identity, all that stuff. What the state should do, it goes, how much of that $26 billion do we give to the federal government for education? Figure it out. Once they figure it out, then they say, okay, you're not getting any more of this money. We're going to do our own education. And we're going to cut the federal government out of the education system in Alabama. That's what needs to happen. 
We're going to cut the federal government out through fiscal means. We're going to take that money instead of our citizens sending it to the federal government. It goes to the state. And then we determine how that money is spent, which, by the way, states are not perfect, but they're a lot better at spending money because we have a direct impact in the state compared to the federal government. So we need to start doing this as states and say enough is enough. I don't want your highway taxes. Matter of fact, we're going to look at the income tax that our citizens pay you and how much it comes back. So let's say you get you know, $2 billion in highway funds. The states need to take the $2 billion out of the income tax that goes to the federal government and put it in the states and would take care of our own roads. And if you live in whatever state, pick one, New York, Wyoming, whatever, then allow the states to determine what they need and use the citizens to pay for what they need instead of the federal government. And then you're going to watch the swamp go ballistic. And then they won't have the ability to spend billions of dollars in income tax because it's going to be reduced overnight. And the federal government will have no choice but to shut down these departments so they can be able to even run the government, the federal government. That's what needs to happen. So I'm going to leave you with this. A bonehead award. It's kind of a weird one, but it's from It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World, a 1963 movie, which I loved when I was growing up. And what it is is it's a bunch of people chasing this buried money and going through, you know, all the adventures to get there. And they finally get there and they're getting ready to recover all this money that supposedly they're able to get. And they start talking about how much you're going to get, how much they're going to get. And then all of a sudden they start having the tax discussion. So take a great listen to this Bonehead Award. It's a doozy. I love that movie. And this ending of the movie is kind of shocking. But it's a great movie. And the fact that a person would think that if I find money or, or whatever, that I have a responsibility to pay taxes, no, you don't. You think you do, but you don't. So take a listen to this Bonehead Award. Look, let me explain it once more. You see, they're their group. They, those three of them, they, they get 112,000, right? Those over there, them, they get 97,000. We, we, us, we get 84,000. And you, by yourself, you get $56,000 alone. And that's tax-free money. What do you mean, tax-free?
Well, I mean, uh, if we go down the, to this park and we uncover the money and we uh, have it, I mean, I'm sure he's not going to declare anything. I know, I know he's not going to declare anything. And I'm not going to, you know, declare What are you talking about, declare it? Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's like uh, non-taxable income. It's like, uh, like, a, like a gift. But sure, if we find the money, we still have to report the taxes. Otherwise, it's like stealing from the government. Oh, brother, look, Yo, can you explain it to him, please? Oh, me? Well, uh, don't you see, you see, if we find the money, there may not be any taxes to pay on it, just because we did find the money. But what he was trying to say is, Listen. everybody has to pay taxes. Even businessmen that rob and steal and cheat from people every day, even they have to pay taxes. Even they have to pay taxes. And that's true. That's because of what we've turned into. But the problem is the taxes are way too high to live in a country where you need to be free and be able to provide for your family. And it's not getting any better. It's going to get a lot worse. The bigger this government gets, the more taxes that they're going to have to bring on you to supply that monstrous federal government, which over the last hundred years has drained the normal, everyday working people in this country. Please share the podcast far and wide. Thank you very much for listening. This is the Gunny out. of the free life is still yet to come the good times ain't over for good